0: Hi, this is Marsha. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Um, This is uh, M Listening or M Thinking um, podcast. Actually, I've been trying to change the name of the podcast, but um, that seems to be a problem. But anyway, today, thanks for joining me. Um, Today, I'll be talking about... um, the case for forgiveness. Um, basically, I'll be touching on um, the very unhealthy habit of uh, of holding on to a very toxic emotion uh, that all of us humans have experienced at any single one point of our lives. And um, there are two ways, as I've discovered, that it makes it easier for us to become better people by forgiving. So, let's get on with it, alright? I hope you enjoy it. See ya. So, the case for forgiveness, or better yet, forgive for heaven's sakes. We've all been there. We've all heard the same saying again and again, more than we care to admit. Stuff like, let bygones be bygones, or experience is the best teacher, or forgiving is hard, but it's healthy, or just let it go. (laughs) They're all very cliche, I know, but you'll reach a point in your life whereby you'd think Carrying around all that hatred and need for revenge is a heavy burden. On top of that, it's a burden that you you can let go of. Well, forgiving someone whom you think have wronged you or hurt you is actually pretty hard work. That much we have to acknowledge, admit and accept. It sucks even more that there's no freaking medication or magical formula for it. I know I wish for it. We've all met with people we trusted but have betrayed us or misunderstood us. We've met people who thought had our back but turned out to be traitors. Um, We've also met people who meant well but had chosen to turn away from us simply because we were comparatively deemed the worst of two evils. We'll probably never come to fully understand how, why, when, who and what, but Does it matter? All we need to remember is that carrying around the resentment, the hurt, pain, and the need for revenge adds to our pain. And science shows that forgiving is good for your health. Not forgiving, actually, and this is backed by science, releases stress responses in our bodies. Don't believe it? Try thinking about someone you really hate right now. Chances are you're thinking some pretty malicious, nasty thoughts in your head, aren't you? Forgiving is not forgetting. Science being science, organizations of scientists have done exceptionally in-depth studies on how our bodies react to the feelings of sadness, anger, and in particular the feeling of being either abandoned or betrayed. Empirical studies were done throughout 1998 to 2005, increased on merely 58, I think they're talking about studies done within the United States, from merely 58 studies to 950 studies. It is through these studies that we have come to understand the correlation between the negative impact of our relationships with our breath and earth brothers now than ever before. Here, I'll relate a personal experience. (coughs) This is where I get a little nervous. Well, many years ago, a distant relative who was known throughout the family to be one of the kindest, nicest, and most self-sacrificing member of the family was senselessly murdered Yes, murdered during a house break-in. We got even angrier when we found out that her granddaughter was also in the house during the break-in. And the elderly lady distracted the robbers to the other side of the house so that her granddaughter had the opportunity to hide and lock herself in, in the room to keep herself unseen and safe from the perpetrators. The robbers were found, Yep, brought to court, sentenced to ten years behind bars. A couple of years later, I discovered that the decade-long sentence was not really enough. A family member lamented, ten years cannot bring her back. He'll serve less than ten years, six years maybe, and then get out and do the same damn thing again. It was the expression on his face that brought tears to my eyes because in its ripple effect it made me angry too. Why? Because what he just said could very well be true. The robber may have may get another chance at life, change over a new leaf, go back home and continue living his life as if it never happened. Nobody died. But to the family, none of our family reunions from then onwards will ever be the same again. The thing with situations like this, experts advise, it is better to practice rising above it every day. You know, Holding on to such anger rattles us, raises our blood pressure, and increases our chances of suffering a heart attack. In fact, it also tangles us in a web of anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, or depression. I understand the need to take revenge, and I'm not an angel, is hardwired into our brain, our response system, and our emotional ecosystem. So what if we get revenge? I've seen countless movies with similar plot lines. A guy's girlfriend dies during a battle and she should, that she shouldn't be in. The guy goes absolutely berserk with sadness and bellows out his grief at the sky and promises to avenge her untimely departure from his life. Towards the end of the movie, he gets his revenge, and yet his eyes are still filled with tears. He's finally done it. He's got the revenge he's so needed. He should have found closure. He can now move on to greener pastures, be a better person, and not be a f- bitter, rage-filled person. But more, than that, more often than not, we'll see the antagonist continue to reminisce about his lost love. Despite having succeeded in avenging his lover's lost life, thereupon sits on his shoulders many other things. <coughs> Shame, guilt, anger, sadness, hostility, attachment. It brings us back to the point of, did revenge do any good at all? The anger, some would argue, has made him a prisoner in his mind and life. And here's a quote from Louis B. Smead's I'm hoping that I'm pronouncing his name right. Well, the quote is, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. Louis B. Smith is a renowned author, ethicist, and a theologian with 15 books to his name, <coughs> which includes Forgive and Forget, Healing the Hurts We Don't Deserve. Real People Moving On while surfing the internet looking up on the topic about how to move on after a tragic death of a family, 9-11, the countless gun violences in the United States, refugees caught in war zones and an ostrich survivor, and also the somber life of former Korean comfort women who suffered so much during the inhumane Japanist, the Japanese intrusions. None of these topics and stories that I dove into were comfortable subjects to look at or into. I've also chanced upon an article about the death of a Singaporean actor uh, Aloysius Pang, who died while he was enlisted in military training in New Zealand. His death could have been prevented. He was only 28 when the freak accident took place during um, a live firing exercise as an operationally-ready national serviceman for his country, Singapore. Pang was survived by his parents and two brothers, and but what stood out for me was that the Pang family issued a statement to the press and pleaded leniency with the judge who was presiding the case, saying simply this, One loss is enough. Other parents' sons have a life ahead of them. <coughs> Like my extended family who angrily mourned the death of their beloved mother, sister, cousins, in-law for the, the three whole years, refusing to celebrate anything of any sort before the perpetrator was finally sentenced, the Pang family must have gone through a spiral emotional roller coaster of pain, sadness, blame and grief. There's only one thing I can conclude when trying to step into their shoes and that is to see the bigger picture and acknowledging the fact that this sadness, need for vengeance and hate can only drag on if not for years to come for a lifetime. If they don't let go of the incident, they would be caught in a series of hashing out and then rehashing out the incident over and over again. And over again. <clears throat> Please forgive me. I'm just having this really bad time with my throat right now. <laughs> so, here goes. Okay, The two-part forgiveness process. I'll admit that I have quite a few people in mind whom I'd like to see suffer. Pardon me. Because they've done me injustice in my eyes, you know, and that is why I've pondered and researched on how to best forgive the people and move on. I don't think holding on to those grudges grudges was going to get me anywhere. In fact, it will only anchor me to the horrifying, painful times, and I know I'm not alone in this. In an article written by Gustavo Rossetti, who is a change leadership consultant, speaker, and the author of a book entitled, Forgiving is Hard, But Not Forgiving Hurts More. He outlined two parts of the forgiveness process. The first one is Decisional Forgiveness. It's about making the decision to release that person from the social debt incurred by his or her wrongdoing. The second step is emotional forgiveness. This could be harder and takes longer, you know, but it is learning how to replace the negative emotions associated with unforgiveness and it might even develop positive regard towards the perpetrators. This is a tough cookie to crack. (laughs) Well, Rossetti also quoted a Buddhist saying, and it goes like this. We can see that, that the person we are blaming needs help, and so we help him. Helping him reduce our desire to blame and increases our desire to be of benefit. I ain't no saint, but the second part really gets me. Help him? I felt it incredulous. How do I move on from wanting to see that person die a painful death to wanting to help him? What does that make of our loved ones who died or suffered for no apparent reason? Would we be making light of their suffering? But this is why experts like Dr. Frederick Luskin of the Stanford Forgiveness Project contends that we need to first tear apart the feeling of victimhood. We then move on to helping ourselves depersonalize the experience and detach from it. Well, we'll try. Understanding the perpetrator. I think this, this part is really, really deep, and I think if you succeed to do it, I think I think it's, you're pretty awesome. <laughs> well, throughout the research, I think the only part that stood out after going through the multiple programs and studies is this empathy and understanding. And this is a quote from Abraham Lincoln, that go, and it goes like this I have always found that mercy bears richer fruits than strict justice. Well the context of his quote may be different but I find some truth in it. Understanding the situation and the perpetrator helps you repair the relationship between you and the event, not the person, nor will it bring your loved ones back. Because of the event, the relation the relationship between you and the world and those around you may have been damaged. And if we want to move on in life, that damage needs to be fixed. It doesn't mean that you'd have to be best friends with the perpetrator after forgiving him or her, but it means you're letting go letting it go and you're you're going to move on. you'll be also respecting the life lived by and restoring the dignity of your loved your lost loved ones and only in that release would there be peace so thanks for listening to this podcast and as usual I hope there were a few takeaways at the end of it we're all learning and I hope to be a part of your journey because we're all kind of winging it as we go along So Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that anyone is listening at all and since I'm recording this on December 30th, 2019 and the new year is approaching, I wish every single one of you who is listening a very happy new year and may you and your loved ones be blessed always. Have a happy holiday and a blessed new year. Bye!